Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the City of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and today we'll share two ways you can explore the ocean this summer without burning gas money for an actual trip to the beach. Henry F. Hauser Museum curator Elizabeth Rozak joins us to talk about the museum's new exhibit, Opulent Oceans, Extraordinary Scientific Illustrations. This 2D traveling ex exhibition from the American Museum of Natural History highlights the integral role scientific illustration has played in undersea exploration and discovery. And we'll also be joined by Library Recreation and Cultural Services Manager Emily Duchon to highlight the library's summer reading program, which is celebrating this year's theme, Oceans of Possibilities. Plus, we'll discuss how Emily and Elizabeth find new ways to reach residents by teaming up across city divisions and hosting local trivia nights at different establishments in the West End. Let's dive in. Hi, Elizabeth and Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adam. Hi, Adam. It's great to be here today. Awesome. So let's start with the museum's new exhibit, Opulent Oceans. Uh, there's a little more to that title. It's Opulent Oceans. And what's the second part, Elizabeth? Extraordinary Scientific Illustrations. Nice. Thank you. I forgot that on my mm. cheat sheet. So that came in clutch. Um, but it looks really cool. I've only seen it online. I still need to walk over and go through everything. But it's a national resource right here in Sierra Vista. Uh, can you talk us through the process of how it comes here and what it's like to kind of dig into this exhibit? Well, absolutely. This one we actually were made aware of by the, it's from the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. They're the ones who originally curated it. Mm -hmm. And they took it and made digital images to be able to make that available to smaller museums that we could also host these national resources when we don't have, you know, the time, the uh, archives, the ability to be able to curate something like that ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so thrilled that we're able to feature it here. And it really happened. They reached out to us, to Emily, and asked uh, who was in charge of exhibitions and who they could contact for that. And she went ahead and forwarded that email to me and really we got it rolling so quickly. I said, I want to do this. And Emily was like, go, go for it. And I think a month and a half later it was in, it was open. Mm -hmm. And now we have this just absolutely beautiful, beautiful exhibition that we're able to host here. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, I've seen a little bit of online, but I haven't seen it too much. So, so what is it comprised of? Is it all illustrations? What is it? Well, um, the main part is these beautiful illustrations, which come from a rare book in the American Museum of Natural History's um, archives called Extraordinary or Opulent Oceans, Extraordinary Rare Scientific Illustrations. So every illustration in there is from this book. They've gone and done digital scans and some touch-ups on. And then they went ahead and they talked about the explorers, the scientists, the illustrators who were creating these and who were discovering different sea life in our oceans up to 400 years ago. And it includes things from like Darwin and Ballon and all these really amazing people who had a huge impact on the way that we understood those ecosystems and these different creatures in there. So it has these uh, gorgeous images along with content about that and some information as well about the creatures themselves. Oh, that's really cool. And it's all over at the Henry F. Hauser Museum, right? Yes, it is. 
Okay, so people can just go there during the regular museum hours and you manage to fit everything in, in over at the museum? Yes, Adam. <laughs> I had to do a lot of math. <laughs> the images I were I was sent were for a lot uh, larger reproductions, mm -hmm. and we have limited space and a, a very different space than what the American Museum of Natural History had. So I really had to go ahead and do some different ratios and yeah. plan all of that out and send it to their marketing team also, which mm -hmm. uh, was approved very quickly, and to be able to get that right in. But yes, we fit all uh, 46 illustrations into the exhibit. We also have a live stream that we're featuring from uh, Monterey Aquarium, which is a lot of fun, too, just to give people a little look at sea creatures, you know, in real time mm -hmm. as they're doing sea creature stuff. And it's, we actually, let me tell you about this really quick. It's so cute. We had a woman in there the other day who came in and she started requesting different channels because there are like seven different ones that you can choose from. They're so amazing. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking at her like, what? And she was on the phone with her daughter who was at the aquarium oh at that gosh. time. Hmm. And then her daughter got to, they got on, got on the right one and she could see her daughter there waving to her <laughs> on our live stream. And it was just, oh, it was so precious. That's adorable. That's really cool. That's such a cool idea, too, to make it a little more kind of engaging and interactive and stuff. Yeah. Yes. And I would tell you, I would love to take credit for that one. But it was actually my uh, our museum programming assistant, Stephanie Badersky, who came back from a vacation and was like, had all these great ideas. And that was one of them. And I was like, absolutely. Yes, we're doing that. Cool. And then I know you also have like a kid's wall or something so they can actually create illustrations to be part of, of the exhibit. Yes, kids <laughs> and adults can come in and do their own scientific illustrations based on creatures that they just like, ones that they imagine or ones that are already up in our in the exhibition. So we have all kinds of different uh, markers, colored pencils, crayons, oil crayons, sketch paper, and we have a little table they can sit at. We also have yoga mats, compliments of Emily here, that they can lay out to be able to lay around in different parts of the exhibit and take their time and draw as well. And then we mount them on some foam board and we add them to our own art gallery. So everyone has an opportunity to have their art in a museum. That's so cool. Um, and it's kind of a funny coincidence, but over at the library, uh, the theme for the summer is also all about oceans. Uh, so I guess the summer reading program uh, theme nationally this year is Oceans of Possibilities. Um, so, Emily, um, I know you're the head of the whole division now, but, mm -hmm. but your background is in the library. Sure. And, and you've done a lot with the summer reading program in the past, too. But mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit about the summer reading program and why people should participate? Sure. So the summer reading program is going on now through the end of July. It's six weeks, six or seven weeks long at the library. And um, people can sign up online. We have Facebook posts about it. It's in the vistas. Um, basically, people log their minutes read through an app, and then they're eligible for certain prizes. I think the most important part about summer reading is just keeping people readings. Um, during the summer because it's easy to slide. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a lot of really fun programs. We have a really nice um, summer budget provided by the Friends of the uh, Sierra Vista Public Library. And we're able to bring in different performers from Phoenix and Tucson. So it's also an opportunity to see some things we might not um normally get exposed to down here in Sierra Vista. Every mm -hmm. everything from you know comedians to mother goose impersonators and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's something every week and we really ramp up our in-house programming as well during the summer. So there's something for everyone pretty much every day of the week. 
That's really cool. And yeah. and something I've noticed uh, both with the museum and libraries, you kind of cross-pollinate programs throughout the division and other facilities too. Yeah. Uh, so you both can probably touch on this a little bit, but uh, one example I wanted to bring up was the uh, dive-in movie night at the Cove, uh, just because it kind of felt so thematically appropriate with the ocean kind of theme. Um, but I guess basically you can get in the water and actually watch a shark movie or something like that. How does that work? Yeah. So I I didn't even realize I was the one that sent Elizabeth that email, but she contacted me right away and said, um, you know, I have some some end of year monies and I'd really like to do this ocean exhibit. And she's a, a tornado. She's one of my favorite people to work with because she makes things happen quickly. And she's just out, always thinking and always uh, moving. And I said, well, you know what? The summer reading theme for the library is ocean. So if we could, mm -hmm. you know, do this together, that'd be just really wonderful. And, and then um, Elizabeth's been really doing a lot with the West End and the mm -hmm. revitalization project down there and had so many um, events and programs already planned, like the uh, trivia night she's doing and everything. So she said, I can get the exhibit, but I might need some help with the programming or there won't be a lot of programming. And I said, oh, I'll help you. That oceans and ocean creatures are a delight. Mm -hmm. Why not? So we kind of knocked our heads together. And so we're offering a couple things like a there was a book club the other day in the museum, and we have mm -hmm. like a summer series of different ocean books. We've had we have a Lego club um, at the museum next Saturday, and the dive in movie is one of those several programs that is um, one we're working on together, and it is at the Cove, and we're going to show the shark movie, The Meg. And it's ten dollar admission. It's July. Is it the seventh? It's uh, Saturday, July 9th, Saturday, seven p.m. Ooh, yeah. he's got it right there. <laughs> and it's PG thirteen. Uh, so, so bring the kids as you see fit, as is appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of a live action shark movie, I guess. I had never it's seen great. it before. Yeah, it's yeah. great. My husband and I watch it like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Every week is Shark Week. <laughs> yeah, we like shark movies. It's, if you like Jaws, we did do a dive in movie night several years uh -huh. ago. We did yeah. Jaws. So I think this is just a little more up to date. And, and there's a little, you know, shark violence in it that makes it PG-13. But I think for the most part, it's it's pretty clean. You could uh, bring mature kiddos and there'll be popcorn and soda. And then we'll have a, some shark, some shark like trinkets people can take away. They're really fun. And yeah, you float around and watch a shark movie and it's <laughs> all about the ambient. It's really fun. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to bring my eight-year-old and my 11-year-old and then I'm going to be swimming under the water and like biting their ankles. <laughs> <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I also, I remember uh, you guys started like a splishy, splashy story time at the Cove, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? That's funny. Is that is that sort of ties in, but it was before. It was before all this. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that came up. I don't know how long I've been thinking about that one. Um, there was a period of time when um, they needed some help over at the Cove and mm -hmm. I volunteered at the Cove and I thought, well, if I'm going to be over here at the Cove, I better become a lifeguard. So I became a lifeguard. And so I'm a librarian and I was a lifeguard and I thought, <laughs> how can I blend these two worlds? We should have a story time at the pool. Yeah. And I didn't even know if anyone would come. So much of this is just kind of throwing mud on a wall and seeing what sticks. And mm -hmm. it's it's been a lot of fun. We've, we've had several monthly and we get 30 or 40 people. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, people sit in the water. Mm -hmm. And it's great with the littles because they don't have a lot of attention span yet. So if they don't want to listen to the story, they can just kind of swim away and swim swim back when they're they're ready. That's really cool. Yeah, and so that fits in nicely, too. We are taking a break for the summer on those splashy, splashy story times mm -hmm. because there wasn't... 
a day that the library didn't, you know, like schedules are a little crazy. Schedules are crazy. So the library had something literally every day that I could think of, but it will start up again in September. This lets you splash your story time. So stay tuned for that. That's really cool. And uh, yeah, another thing you had mentioned was the History Buffs Book Club, Opulent Oceans. And I guess next up in that is In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of Whaleship Essex by Nathaniel Philbrick. Um, but yeah, that's one of the uh, book clubs you guys offer. It's obviously mm-hmm. kind of a spinoff from the library. Um, mm-hmm. But folks should check out the Facebook pages for a lot of programs like these, like the City of Sierra Vista Library Recreation and Cultural Services Facebook page. I almost forgot the name. It's a mouthful. It is. Um, and the City of Sierra Vista Parks, Recreation, and Special Events Facebook page, and the and the main City of Sierra Vista page as well. Um, all these events uh, are getting posted there, will be promoted there, so definitely check back for a lot of these activities. Uh, but we already touched on a little bit of what you've been doing, Elizabeth, but you've done a couple kind of cool, interesting things. Before we get to the trivia night, could we talk about your escape room real quick? Absolutely, but let's just be serious, Adam. Everything I do is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the escape room, the escape room is actually booked solid. And I was wondering, I'm looking, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I'm for the whole summer? Sending. Well, oh my we gosh. did it for Friday and Saturday nights throughout June, June. Yeah, yeah. as a limited time. But because it's so popular, I'm actually looking at extending it. So, like Adam said, keep an eye on the City of Sierra Vista Library Recreation and Cultural Services page for the latest updates on that and our amazing trivia nights. No, the escape room has been so much fun. And the real idea, I wanted to try and reach some new audiences, and especially Mm -hmm. people around my age. I'm 40. And so people in their 30s up through 50s. And they want things that are educational and are fun mm-hmm. and, you know, you know. And so we've tried some different things. One is the trivia nights. We're going out to different places throughout the West End and hosting trivia nights with a little local spin. Mm-hmm. And the other is the escape room. And it's been such a great tool in getting people through the door. Because mm-hmm. once I have them there, I can sell them on it. I can sell them on history. I can sell them on our exhibitions and our other programming. But it's getting them to actually come in. Mm-hmm. And we've had about 60 people who have done it so far in the first two weekends. Awesome. Yes, and only two had ever set foot in the museum before. Oh, wow. And so it's yeah. really been tremendous. And they come in, and we, you know, right now it's so beautiful, and it's very, mm-hmm. it's a very immersive exhibition. There are mm-hmm. ocean sounds and smells and yeah. the live the stream and the lights are off. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, I could take naps every day. <laughs> and, but it's, you know, it's great. And so they come in, and they do this really fun escape room, but they yeah. also, we also get to showcase, you know, mm-hmm. what we have besides that. And so, yeah, the escape room's fun. It's geared towards adults, um, but we do welcome children as well because I'm a mom and I know it can be tough to get those babysitters. Mm -hmm. So uh, go ahead and call the museum, 520-439-2306. We are booked now, but I'm pretty sure we're going to extend that time. because our community has just been so receptive to it. And it's Very been cool. so popular. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's an underwater theme too, right? Yes, yeah. everything is kind of yeah. all of this. A bunch of treasure chest-like things. And a lot of fun kind of nautical clues and journals and compasses. And yeah, so we actually designed in-house also. So it's been it's really great. Awesome. And then, yeah, talk about the trivia nights a little bit. Why did you want to actually get out in the West End and, and you know, engage people out there? Well, this is exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. You have to engage people. And sometimes you have mm-hmm. to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like to go out, especially around my age. And so I want to go meet them where they're already at. And I want to engage them there. And mm-hmm. then to, 
You know, trivia nights have always been really popular here. They have a one at Native on mm-hmm. Wednesdays. Um, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have one at Bone Dry Tap House on Thursdays. So I didn't want to compete with those. And we do them on Tuesdays, the third Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I know it's a popular thing. It's fun. And I honestly, a lot of programming that I do is stuff that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I would love a, a trivia night. And so we use these uh, trivia qu- uh, kits from Quiz Runners. And then we add a bonus category based on content that we post to our Facebook page. And that way we can get people, drive people to that Facebook page as well, where they can see there's so many, so, so many great resources throughout our department. Mm -hmm. And so just getting people to that page, you know, not only do they get on there to look at the trivia stuff, but now they can see all the other amazing things that our city has to offer. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. Keep an eye on those pages if you're going to go to the trivia night. I know there's a couple different uh, trivia items. I think there's like a a vintage tech thing or like. Yeah, we've got different hashtags. Um, Vintage tech. Yes. Vintage tech is uh, the one coming up here. Okay, I swore I just made that up, by the way, but I'm I'm glad that was (laughs) right. That's neat. Yeah, we've got that one coming up. Um, We have on. Parks and Rec hashtag coming up based on some videos that we're doing for National Parks and Recreation Month. Cool. We also have uh, one that's about Know Your City. So we're going to highlight some different city buildings and the amazing things you can do there. And then a last one, which is one I'm the most excited about. In September, we'll be at Tombstone Brewing Company for the trivia night. And that was on the site of our first community's first structure, which in its very early stages, back around 1905 to uh, throughout the 1920s, um, really was a place of uh, bootlegging and violence and other notorious actions that really spread in our early community. So that one, we're going to have a really fun one. It's going to be called... um, who done it? Oh, cool. Or wait, that's something that might not be right. <laughs> oh, historic crimes. Hashtag historic crimes. And then the trivia category will be who done it. So we'll gotcha. dig from our archives with these really great documents we have reporting we'll crimes to, to the Cochise back. County yeah. Sheriff's Office and then base the uh, trivia questions off that. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see the new Tombstone Brew Pub actually open up as well. Yes, I'm excited. Matt Brown's been great with working with me on uh, incorporating some of the history of the site into the new structure. Very cool. And you mentioned it briefly already, but July is National Park and Recreation Month. Um, So talk a little bit about what we're doing. Well, that month we really want to highlight our team that makes it happen day in and day out out there. We have, I think, is it 27 different parks throughout the city? I just it's, looked at them recently. It that's, is that's very close. close. It's yeah. 26 or 27. Yeah. And with the addition of Roadrunner, we'll be inching towards third. Yeah, so we have all these great open spaces, some that are neighborhood parks, you know, specifically to meet those needs and others that are larger. We have great venues. And we have this amazing team that works really, really hard to maintain those and keep those clean and keep them to serve our community as best that they can. And so we really want to highlight those guys this year. Mm-hmm. And then we're also highlighting those spaces as well and what they offer our community for those who, who might not be as familiar with the different parks that we have. And we really have some amazing ones. So they'll have um, we'll have some videos on them. We'll have um, some different wreck and roll programs mm-hmm. um, with our family programming division. Yeah, there's a wreck and roll pretty much every Saturday in July, I want to say. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think all except one. I can't remember which day yeah. doesn't have it. It's going to be hot. I'm I hope they start early. 
Yeah, yes. Sarah. And I think one's going to be really water related. At least I oh, tried nice. to get Teresa to do it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I was like, let's get some slip and slides, some water guns. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. So, and um, I think, I believe one at least will be at Len Roberts, which has an amazing water feature. I don't think, you know, many mm-hmm. people know about either. So mm-hmm. if you want to cool off from March till October, that water feature is on. You don't have to pay. You don't have to reserve it. You yep. just go. You hit the button. Sometimes I just like take my kids there after soccer practice. I'm like, pull off your cleats, go. <laughs> yeah, that's our only uh, public splash pad in town, actually. And that's been a highly requested feature as part of the Roadrunner Park public input period as well. I'm so glad to hear that. I'd love uh, another splash pad. Yeah, so people really love that. So check that out at Lynn Roberts Park. And then I know we're doing like a story time with some Parks and Rec folks, I believe, something like that, right? Yes, the Children's Librarian is doing a special, I'm sorry I don't have the date in front of me, but she is doing a special um, Parks and Rec and Open Spaces themed story time sometime in July. And we'll have some guest readers from our Parks Department. Cool. And I think uh, they will also be at one of the Rec and Rolls. One of the Rec and Rolls kind of celebrates the park staff. Yes, Um, they're kind of unsung heroes. mm -hmm. They're always behind the scenes. So we wanted to get them in front of the camera and show people a little bit about who they are and showcase their personalities and like their talents. Yeah, they do such a good job around all our city facilities. Uh, They pitch in all over town, not Mm -hmm. just in the parks. Um, And then the sports fields obviously have been improved dramatically in recent years and they do a lot of work to maintain those. Um, They do. They really do. And for all of our special events, like Mm -hmm. not only the ones that are hosted by the city, but the ones anytime a park is rented for anything. I mean, it's these guys who are really the driving force behind Mm -hmm. getting that ready and making sure everything is on point for these different events there. And, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's tremendous the amount that they actually do. And they're going to have a huge part in the West End. They already have a huge part in this West End revitalization and new things going on with the parks down there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're so excited to to celebrate them in July and hope everyone kind of joins us for these events and, and keeps an eye on the Facebook pages for those videos. You can also check out last year's National Park and Recreation Month videos, which came out really well. Um, they were they're they're historic as well. So they really delve into the history of these different parks. Yeah, the history and then what it has to um, offer our community now. And these ones, I'm so sad to say, our our parks maintenance supervisor, Brian Mills, is going to be retiring Mm -hmm. soon. Uh He's just been such a tremendous asset to the city. And I had so much fun shooting those videos, not only, you know, with him, with John Healy as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. But um, so it'll be your last chance to see him. Um, As he said before, he's made for TV. (laughs) He does a great job on the videos. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Yeah, his personality just shines right through. I'm not used to being upstaged. But... (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, so it's a really great opportunity to see that and learn more about our parks. Cool. Well, for for more information on all of this, you can always check the city's website, servicetoaz.gov, and follow us on social media. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, but the Facebook pages are probably the best way to keep up up to date on all the division's news and all the events and all the activities going on. Uh, But thanks, you both, for joining us today. It was great. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Awesome. I hope everyone enjoyed our latest episode. We'll talk again soon. As always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody. Bye.